Hey, this is Pastor Steve Berger with This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. We want to thank you for listening today. And remember, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel or to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. God bless you. We pray that this is a blessing for you today. Steve Berger here with This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. As I say almost every week, there's plenty of cultural chaos happening out there. Uh, I'm here at our ministry center on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., and uh, really, really looking forward to uh, sharing a word with you today and really, really excited that this is going to be like probably a 10-week series on a really, really important topic. But Before we get into all that, let me just say, I mean, on Capitol Hill right now, it's it's wacky. I mean, we've got all the stuff with the Biden corruption and Hunter and the president's lies about his involvement or lack of involvement with Hunter in the past. We're having congressional hearings on UFOs. And if you you paid attention to any of it yesterday, one of the expert whistleblowers actually said that they have in their possession non-human biological pilots of UFOs or whatever they're calling them now. They don't call them UFOs anymore, but they're actually saying that they have like alien pilots in their possession of, uh, you know, these unidentified flying objects. So, I mean, just what what a crazy time. I'm probably going to have to do an entire teaching on aliens and their connection to demon spirits sometime in the future. But what a weird, weird, weird time that we're living in. Anyway, so as I think about how weird it is and, and just how crazy it's getting and 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 the levels of corruption that are that are all over the place. I mean, take, for instance, the Department of Justice, the Department of Justice is responsible for seeing that justice prevails and that justice gets executed. And yet, what are we seeing happen? The Department of Justice has just been weaponized by the Biden administration and justice isn't happening, injustice is happening. And it's caused the people of the United States to have a lower level of trust in the Department of Justice than any other time in our history. Same thing with the FBI. I mean, people are tired of what they're seeing the FBI be complicit in. And and uh, it, it just, gosh, is it disheartening, really, really is disheartening and leading to the, the demoralization of the people in the United States of America. And so, you know, in thinking about all of it, just looking at it all, going, Lord, is there a, is there an explanation? Is there a reason that we can kind of boil this all down to and and, and in a way that we could wrap our heads around it. Like, is there a kind of a lowest common denominator we, where we can say, this is that. The reason that this is happening is because of this from the scripture. And I've got an answer for us. And I'm going to be able to prove it over and over and over again. In Psalm 36, the first four verses, King David finds himself contemplating, really meditating on the condition of man at his time. And the the scripture, the way he records, it's very interesting. It lets you know that he's in deep thought about this. 
the condition of man and why people do the things that they do. And then that very lowest common denominator, and he, man, I mean, it's just, boom, this truth bomb explodes. Let me read this to you. Psalm 36, verses 1 through 4. David says, an oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. Here it is. There is no fear of God before his eyes. <laughs> David boils it down in one verse. I've been thinking about and meditating about wicked people, and here's what I've come to the conclusion of. They simply don't fear God. In Psalm 10, verse 13, uh, it says this way, that the wicked don't think they're ever going to have to give an account for their lives to God. They don't fear God. There's no accountability. And so they just do what they do. David said, the reason that people do very, very wicked things, you boil it down to this. They don't fear God. They don't believe they're going to have to give an account to God. Let's go on. Psalm 36, verse 2. Speaking of the wicked, David says, for he flatters himself. Listen to this. In his own eyes, when he finds out his iniquity and when he hates, like he builds himself up prides himself in the fact that he's a hateful person. He flatters himself when he realizes he's been successful in planned and executed sin. That's what iniquity is. Sin that you plan, you know it's wrong, and you do it anyway. Let's move on. Verse 3. The words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. And so what comes out of the mouth of someone who doesn't fear God? Wickedness and deceit. And so I find it really, I mean, you either laugh or cry, right? I mean, I, I listen to these guys all the time and I, I'm just, I'm the most honest guy you're ever going to hear. Or I'm honest now, I'm being truthful. And listen, here's this, I've learned this a long time ago. Someone who has to constantly tell you how honest they are, they're not, Okay. They, they're just not honest. I'm also really nervous about people who, who say things like, no, nah, I'm not going to lie. But it's like, so if you don't preface that you're not going to lie, does that mean everything else that you told me is a lie? But the, here's the fact. Wicked people, out of their mouth comes deceit. There's a lack of godly wisdom. They no longer do good. Look at verse 4. He devises wickedness on his bed. Again, he's meditating on and marinating. He's laying awake at night going, how can I be wicked? He sets himself in a way that is not good, and he does not hate evil. Not only does he not hate evil, he celebrates evil. He prides himself about being evil. Man, I mean, nothing could be further from the word and the will and the ways of God. And so, again, David said, I'm thinking about mankind. I'm thinking about all the wicked things that they do. And here's the bottom line. They simply don't fear God. And so to have a this is that moment and to bring some clarity, some biblical clarity to the cultural chaos that's going on, I thought, you know what? We're living in this time where people don't fear God. Maybe we need to go for about eight or 10 weeks and talk about what the fear of God is, what the fear of the Lord is, what it really is, not what you think it is, but what it really is. Let me just say this. I mean, cat out of the bag right now. Check this out. I'm telling you, 
that the fear of the Lord is the very linchpin. It is the very thing that will cause your life to produce everything that you're looking for on earth as well as in heaven. I'm telling you, the fear of the Lord is that important. It is the key to everything that you're looking for in your life if you're a follower of Jesus. The fear of the Lord is that important. It affects how you live now and it sends ripples all the way into eternity. I know it's a mouthful, but everything, follower of Jesus, listen to me, everything you're looking for is found in the fear of the Lord. Now, let me just get this out of the way quickly as well. You know, the word fear by itself, fear, I mean, is is terrifying, right? Oh, I thought God hasn't given us a spirit of fear and fear, 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 fear is a bad thing. I understand that. Fear can have a negative consequence to us right away, make a negative impression on us. And then you add the word Lord to it. Lord by itself is like, oh, the Lord and lordship and lording his life over me. That, that can be scary and, and bad to some of us. When you put the word fear and Lord together in the same sentence, the fear of the Lord, I mean, there's some people that just want to run the other way. I'm telling you, though, listen to me. The fear of the Lord and what it is in the scripture. I don't care what maybe you've experienced in some teaching, some denomination or some pastor in the past that has used the fear of the Lord to manipulate or to hurt you or to to produce some kind of mean-spirited legalism. I'm not talking about that fear of the Lord. That's not what the scripture is saying. The fear of the Lord, it is beautiful, powerful, and it'll produce a life for you that you're actually really, really longing for if you're a sincere follower of Jesus, all right? Now, let's talk about what the fear of the Lord is from the scripture itself, okay? Um, in Exodus chapter 20, let me just bring you up to speed here. So they've, the, the children of Israel, they've gotten out of, um, out of Egypt and they're been out in the wilderness and all that stuff and we get to Exodus chapter 20 and the people, they're, they're fearful of God. They are at the base of Sinai there. They're, they're seeing the smoke and the lightning. And it's, you know, it's kind of this moment where they're terrified about God. Um, and we get to this. Let me, let me read this to you now because it's so, so, so important to bring us clarity about what the fear of the Lord is and what it isn't. Exodus chapter 20, verses 19 through 21. Then the people said to Moses, you speak with us and we'll listen, but don't let God speak to us lest we die. <laughs> and Moses said to the people, do not fear for God has come to test you. Now listen, and that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. So the people stood afar off but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. Now, first of all, let me say, I find this to be very, very interesting. It is in Exodus 20, 20, where we see the clear definition of what the fear of the Lord is. It's like 2020 vision, Exodus 2020. We're going to get some clarity on what the fear of the Lord is. It's interesting to me also that Moses makes a distinction between the fear of the Lord and the fear that the people were experiencing. He tells them, hey, y'all, don't be afraid. But then he says, fear God. 
the kind of fear that they had was a was a man kind of fear it's a it was a terror fear and and Moses tells him that's not the kind of fear that you're supposed to have with God but you are supposed to have God's kind of fear his kind of fear so not like this terror fear that causes you to retreat and run away and withdraw from God but rather the kind of fear God's kind of fear is a fear that causes us to draw near to God. It's, it's invitational, but here's what else it does. It causes us to depart from sin. So let me give you this definition and I'm gonna give it to you for the next several weeks. Here's what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is to hold God in such reverential respect and reverence and awe that you hate evil and you depart from it. Those are the, the, the two aspects of the fear of God, that you hold God, listen to me, you hold God in such reverential, respectful worship and awe that you actually hate evil and depart from it. In other words, you've seen God in all of his glory, beauty, and majesty, and when you see that glory, beauty, and majesty, there is no way that you are going to then settle for a life of sin whose only goal is to steal, kill, and destroy from you. So the fear of the Lord, beloved, I call it the fabulous fear because the fear of the Lord produces fabulous things in the life of the believer. It causes us to draw near to God, not withdraw from him, and it produces blessing in our life as we depart from a life of sin. And so the fear of the Lord is a fabulous fear. I don't know what you've gone through in your past and maybe this, this truth you've you know allowed it to be abused in your life or whatever, but listen, the fear of the Lord, beloved, it is a fabulous, fabulous fear. Uh, another interesting thing that I find about the fear of the Lord, when Jesus' disciples come to him and they say, would you teach us how to pray? What, what we call the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. What does Jesus started off? Our Father who art in heaven. And then it's this word that most of us say, but we don't know what it means. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed. Honored. De described as holy. Honored and adored. Hallowed be your name your name, your nature, who you are, what you do, the, the kindness of your heart toward mankind. See, hallowed, revered, to be held in awe, God, because of who you are and what you do toward mankind. Jesus' prayer that he teaches us to pray starts with the fear of the Lord. It starts with that declaration of holding God in a hallowed, holy, reverential, respected place, okay? That's beautiful. Um, now, let me give you some more on this, this definition. I want you to have some scripture here on the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord, Solomon says, is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance in the evil way in the perverse mouth, God says, he says, I hate it. But just be clear, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. It's not to 
toy with evil. It's not to enjoy evil. It's not to cut deals of compromise with evil. No, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Eight chapters later in Proverbs 16, 6, what does he say? In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. Now listen to me. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Again, the fear of the Lord causes us to hate evil and to depart from evil. The fear of the Lord causes us to draw near to God and to hold him with reverential awe and respect. That's how this thing works. I love God's word in the book of Job. Here it is, Job 28, 28. And to man, God said, behold, the fear of the Lord. Now that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. You want to live a wise life? You want to live a life of understanding how to live a life that is abundant and filled with the multifaceted, extravagant goodness of God? It's understanding what the fear of the Lord is. It's functioning in that kind of wisdom, and it's receiving the blessing, the benefit, and the reward of operating in that type of lifestyle. Beloved, this is awesome, okay? Now, I want to wrap up with this just as, as a beginning. Why would we hold God in such reverential awe and worship? And why would we then depart from evil? Again, we're going to go to Moses and his example with God in the very beginning as the children of Israel are coming into the promised land. Moses prays this incredible prayer. And he says, Lord, I want to see your glory. I, I want to see how fantastic and miraculous you are. I want to know what you're about. And God says, you want to see my glory? I'm going to show it to you, Moses. And so in Exodus chapter 34, verses six through eight, God answers Moses' prayer to see his glory. And it says, and the Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty and visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Now look at this. When God answers his prayer to see his glory and God lets Moses know what he's about because what God is about, who he is, is what's glorious about him. Then Moses quickly, he made haste, bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Why do we hold God in reverential respect and awe? Why do we hate evil and depart from it? Because God is so amazingly good toward us that when we get a glimpse of his glory, when we get a glimpse of his name and his nature, we can't help but hallow him and worship him and depart from evil. Again, you go back to Exodus 20, 20. What was it that Moses said? God is testing you so that you'll walk in fear, the fear of the Lord, so that you'll depart from sin. All of this, beloved, it works together. The fear of the Lord, holding God in such reverential awe, respect, and worship that you hate evil and depart from it. And again, friends, 
Here's the deal. When you fear the Lord, it is the key to the life that you are wanting on earth and later in heaven. The fear of the Lord is the key to what you're looking for. And so we're going to unpack this. We're not going to be like the wicked. We're not going to be like people who don't fear God, who don't fear feel like they're ever going to have to give an account to God. No, 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 no. We're going to be people who fear the Lord, who live a blessed life now and live a blessed life later in all of eternity. So don't be discouraged about people who don't fear God and function in wickedness. You just make sure that you're someone who fears God and live the abundant life that Jesus promised you. God bless you. I love you. Remember, be a social media missionary. Share this truth. Help get this podcast out. Help get these videos out. Make sure you subscribe to our our public figure page on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube. Hit the notification button. Man, don't miss out on any of these teachings. I promise you, this stuff will transform your life. It can't not. The fear of the Lord will transform your life. It'll be awesome. God bless you guys. I look forward to seeing you next time. And may you walk in the fabulous fear of God. God bless you. We love you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.